from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Kennedy Classics. How do we live in a culture that perceives our light as darkness? That's the question. How will you respond faithfully when faced with the transgender phenomenon, growing socialism, and false gospels? Dr. Erwin Lutzer lays out a roadmap to navigate these challenges and more in his book, the church in Babylon, heeding the call to be a light in the darkness. What are those elements that are needed for a church to actually survive in Babylon and not just survive, but also thrive in Babylon? Contact us today to receive your copy of The Church in Babylon. This book will help equip you to stand for God in a culture that rejects Him. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedoms. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Some years ago, a well-known political leader, when speaking about his political opponents, said this, It isn't so much that they are ignorant, it's just that they know so many things that aren't so. That, in a nutshell, describes many in our day who attempt to reinterpret the Bible to find justification for their own errors. In some cases, the error comes from missing the biblical context. In other cases, the error flows from focusing on one passage while ignoring other places in Scripture that also speak to the same matter. But the greatest error results from attempting to redefine a well-established biblical understanding simply to evade uncomfortable truths, replacing clear, unambiguous texts with what one might perhaps wish them to say. This is particularly true in our day when it comes to issues of sexuality. As Dr. Kennedy shows us today, the enemy of our souls is quick to twist and obscure and misuse the Word of God to lead people astray, calling things that are evil good, and calling things that are good evil. Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his message, Entertaining Angels Unawares. And now may we turn in our Bible to the 19th chapter of Genesis. May we hear the inspired word of the living God. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him. 
and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, and called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand, and pulled Lot into the house to them, and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And may God speak to us today through this, his ancient word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. An ancient story, a modern problem. In fact, one of the greatest moral, spiritual, and social problems of the last several decades. I refer to the problem of sodomy. And to the story that we read today, wherein the city of Sodom gave its name to live in infamy in that perversion of sodomy, or as it is called today, homosexuality, or the gay lifestyle, if you prefer. You recall that God said that the wickedness of Sodom uh, had come up to heaven and that he was going to destroy the city, and God, Adam, Abraham pled that he would not destroy the righteous with the wicked, and if there were 50 wicked, he agreed he would spare 40, 30, and down to 10. Apparently, there were not so much as 10 righteous people in the city of Sodom, and so the city was destroyed. You remember that the two other angels, appearing merely as men, the other was actually the Lord Jehovah in a theophany, an appearance, brief appearance in human form, came into Sodom at evening. The men of the city, the men of Sodom, as it is repeated, obviously these were infamous men, the men whose doings had caused the wickedness of the city to rise up unto heaven and to determine its destruction. They surrounded the house and they called out to Lot, bring out unto us the two men that came into thee that we may know them. Now it's interesting that homosexuality and the homosexuals which have literally created a revolution in our society and culture have moved into the churches. In fact, they have established a whole denomination of metropolitan churches, 200 and some of them across the country. And so they now have been engaged in trying to twist the scriptures to justify uh, their sin, which reminds me of Peter who talks in his, his epistle about those who rest the scripture unto their own destruction. Rest with a W-R. 
And uh, that is exactly what these people are doing. And so they have re redefined the sin of sodomy and the sin of the sodomites as being simply inhospitality. When they said, bring these two men out unto us that we may know them, that they simply wanted to get acquainted. And it is true that the word yada in Hebrew, which means to know, is used exactly like it is used in English in two sentences, in two different ways. It may mean simply intellectual knowledge, getting acquainted with something, learning about something, as we use the word. Or it mean, might mean that intimate knowledge that comes from sexual intercourse. So we read that Cain knew his wife and she conceived, and so-and-so knew his wife and she conceived and bare a child. It is used in both senses, just as we use the word. In fact, in jurisprudence in America today, there is something called carnal knowledge. And that's the same kind of use of the word. But they say that's not what it means here. It simply means they wanted to get acquainted with the people, get to know them. Just like I invited you to go over to the fellowship hall after this service and get to know some strangers, meet some new friends. But what did Lot say? He knew these men. And how did he respond? I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. <laughs> if they just want to get to know them, what's wicked about that? I mean, can you imagine me saying, now I know that some of you are planning to go over to the fellowship hall and get acquainted with some strangers. Do not so wickedly. That's absurd. And it reminds me that the weakness of any argument depends upon the lengths to which some people will go to try to defend it. And so they will go to any extent, extent and length to try to defend their perversion as actually being scriptural. Also, uh, one of their leaders wanted to see me recently and I met with him. And toward the end of the meeting, he said something which was the most astonishing thing that I think I've ever heard on this subject. He said that the Bible nowhere ever even mentions homosexuality. Unfortunately, we were just about through with our interview, and I did not have the chance to discuss with him what the scriptures say about the subject. But I'll just mention a few of the references to you. The first chapter of Romans, the 26th verse, when it talks about the plunge of man into the depths of depravity, says that for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Indeed, what could be clearer than that? And in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it talks about in the NIV version, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, 
nor others have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Note well, neither adulterers, nor fornicators, nor homosexuals have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. And there are many today who are deceived. But listen to Jude in the NIV version, the New International Version. It says this. He says, in a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 7. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. No inheritance in the kingdom of God. The punishment of eternal fire. Be not deceived. My friends, the teaching of Scripture could not be clearer. I remember 20 years ago, somebody asked me if I thought that was a sin. I said, friend, if the Bible does not teach that sodomy or homosexuality is a sin, it doesn't teach that anything is a sin. It could not, in my opinion, be any clearer than it is. Well, what is their response? Anyone who says that homosexuality is a sin, they simply say this person is filled with hate. Hate. They are a homophobe. They hate uh, homosexuals. What should be the attitude of a Christian? They, we are to love them. For 2,000 years, it has been the Christian position that we are to love the sinner but hate the sin. Now, I think that robbery is a terrible sin, and I hate it. I think that rape is a terrible sin, and I hate it. I think the same thing about murder and many other sins. But that doesn't mean I hate people to do them. I have counseled with people that have done all of those things. And I have prayed for them and I have witnessed to them. I don't hate them. And I don't hate homosexuals, nor can you. And let me say this. Our study in 1 John makes it abundantly clear. We can't hate anyone. If we say that we are the sons of God, a God who is a God of love, we can't hate people. Vengeance belongeth to the Lord, not unto us. We are to love the sinner, though we hate the sin. What is their agenda, dear friends? You've heard of the gay agenda? Well, let me tell you some of the things in their agenda. One of them is deedy up and deedy down. And you've never heard of those things, so let me explain them. Deedy down means defining deviancy down. And... Uh, Moynihan, in his study on this, shows that when deviancy becomes so prevalent in a society, societies tend to define deviancy down so that they can live with it. Otherwise, it becomes too uncomfortable to know that there are that many perverts of some sort, whatever kind, that are living around you. And so that's what they did in the American Psychiatric Society. They 
defined it down until it becomes normalcy. And they have done that. But what is deity up, defining deviancy up? It is taking the other side, which has always been known as normal, and defining that up into deviancy. Now you say, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Well, listen to Dr. Crothammer, who says, one way is denial, defining de- real deviancy down. And this creates a pretense that deviancy has disappeared because it has been redefined as normal. Another strategy is distraction, defining deviancy up, creates brand new deviancies that we can now go off and fight. This distracts us from the real deviancy and that gives us the feeling that in spite of the murder and mayhem and madness around us, we are really preserving and policing our norms. The deviant is declared normal and the normal is unmasked as deviant. You know who the new deviants are? Heterosexuals. Family members, fathers, ministers, anyone who says that homosexuality is wrong or sinful. And in this process, they have now gone so far as to define homosexual deviancy down to normalcy, and now they're saying that all of those psychologists and psychiatrists that help, help to, with therapy to take homosexuals who have come and said they want to be restored to a heterosexual lifestyle, all those therapists that work with them are now they're attempting to have them declared unethical. And they have another motive in theory in their committee which says that it is an abuse of psychiatry. These people are, these doctors are abusing psychiatry. So now these therapists are becoming the deviants. And in a letter to the New York Times, Dr. Richard Isay, one of the most prevalent spokesmen of the group, wrote this, listen to this. Quote, homophobia, the irrational fear and hatred of homosexuals. By the way, does anybody notice what I just said? You just heard a bit of DD up. Homophobia. You see, the problem isn't homosexuality anymore. We have a new phobia, a new deviancy. Homophobics, they're the deviants. They are irrational. They are the psychological abnormalities. Homophobia is a psychological abnormality. Those afflicted with it should be quarantined. That's Didi way up. But there's another floor. And denied employment. And so we have these hate crime bills. And now a person can be convicted for what he thinks if someone decides that that's hateful. Now, we had signs being carried in our recent protests. You know, stop the hate, stop the hate, stop the hate. But they didn't mention the fact that they have threatened me, saying that they were going to blow me up with dynamite, saying that they're going to throw AIDS-infected blood in my face. But they carry stop-the-hate signs at us. We need to pray for them. We need to witness for them. We need to do good for them. Did any paper mention the fact that On my initiative, we have given money to help people with AIDS from this church. 
No. Their leading magazine nationally, The Advocate, has run full-page pictures that include renderings of Christ with male and female genitalia, declaring that Christ was homosexual. They produced uh, motion pictures with that theme, all kinds of vile homoerotic art, including Jesus Christ and making him into a homosexual. And the advocate now has on their front cover the question, December 13, 1994, is God gay? Dee up, dee down. So we're gonna find that homosexuals are normal. And Christ was a homosexual. And God is homosexual. And it is you people who are the deviants. You people who are the abnormal. You people that should be confined. May God give us the wisdom to wake up while we have time. May we pray. Father, open our eyes, we pray. And Lord, we pray for those that are in the bondage of sin, as I have prayed for many of them, that you would open their eyes, that they are losing much of their life here, that they are missing out on far greater joys, and most of all, that they are going into everlasting punishment. Oh God, save this nation, we pray. Change the hearts of people. Open the eyes of your people, and help us, we pray, O oh God, to deliver this nation back to thee. For Christ's sake, amen. The scriptures tell us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that there is none righteous, no, not one. If you know Jesus as Savior and Lord, you understand these truths. In today's message, Dr. Kennedy spoke specifically about the sin of homosexuality, but sin is anything that is displeasing to an all-holy God. Whether your sin is homosexuality or heterosexual sin, or lying or stealing, all sin can be forgiven at the foot of the cross. Jesus paid for your sin and my sin. There's a verse in the New Testament that says, If we confess our sins, He, meaning God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you in need of God's forgiveness and cleansing today? If so, I would urge you to pray with me right now. Lord Jesus Christ, Savior of men, I confess that I am a sinner and ask for your forgiveness. Please give me a new and right desire that enables me to turn away from my sin and live for you going forward. Help me, I pray, in your matchless name, amen. I hope you prayed that prayer, and if you did and sincerely meant it, then let me be the first to say, welcome to the family of God. You have begun a relationship with the greatest friend you will ever have, Jesus Christ. And to help you grow in that relationship, we want to send you beginning again. In this book, you'll learn how to pray, how to read and study the Bible, and so much more. To receive Beginning Again, please write to our address or call our toll-free number. And may God richly bless you. There is a whole new movement today of self-described Christians justifying homosexual practice 
and claiming to do so from Scripture. And yet, their arguments haven't changed at all. They're still making the claims Dr. Kennedy so ably refuted in his message today. In these confusing days, where so-called tolerance means nobody is supposed to assert the truth, God calls us to nevertheless make a decision to boldly proclaim His name. Have you ever considered that it's possible, likely even, that God has put you and me here for just such a time as this? How are we called to live in a culture where we face challenges from the postmodern denial of truth to transgender phenomena, from socialism to false gospels? Dr. Erwin Lutzer, the pastor emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago, has written an urgently needed new book, a handbook, if you will, to help you navigate our current difficult time and to do so in a way that proclaims Christ and helps transform culture. Dr. Lutzer calls it the crowning work of his long career. It's the new book, The Church in Babylon heeding the call to be a light in the darkness. And we want to send it to you right away as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or go online to djkm.org. This powerful and incisive book helps you connect the dots, showing how America has become like Babylon, where the Christian faith is unwelcome, and where evil is now called good, and good is now called evil. But he doesn't just lament the darkness. He also shines a light, providing a roadmap for living, for working, for witnessing and for changing our nation. The Church in Babylon contains chapters on keeping the faith in a hostile work environment, calling out the cultural lies of transgenderism, balancing compassion and security on the question of immigration, and taking the cross of Christ into the world, among others. This book needs to be in the hands of every Christian and we'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation. And if you are able to give a donation of $50 or more, we will send you the book plus an exclusive new DVD program, Shining Light in a Dark World, featuring Dr. Erwin Lutzer discussing these compelling subjects in his articulate and winsome way. That's the book, The Church in Babylon, plus the DVD, shining light in a dark world as our thanks for your generous donation of $50 or more. And as you give, you are helping us to shine that light via the Lifetime Channel and numerous other nationwide TV networks. So please, write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339 or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. 
Thank you for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.